Welcome to the Amy Rushworth Show. I'm your host, Amy. I'm so glad you're here. I'm an empowerment and sexual wellness coach, breathwork teacher, podcaster, course creator, badass bitch, and a globally recognized thought leader on empowerment. And I'm here to help you if you're ready to fuck off the rules and create a life of unashamed, unapologetic pleasure and deep, deep confidence. I have a burning passion for the taboo and naughty areas of womanhood that we're not supposed to talk about, such as sexual wellness, bold self-expression, defying social expectations, and so much more. The topics that we're typically taught to shut up about or be ashamed of are the conversations I live for, and those are the kind of juicy, soulful chats that are going down on this show. My intention is for you to step into your most outrageously free, unapologetically expressed version of you. So if that sounds like a vibe, let's fucking go. Are you ready? Hi, my love. Thank you so much for coming on today. It's so good to have you. Thank you so much for having me, Amy. You're welcome. So let's dive in. Can you introduce yourself to our audience and tell us a little bit about the magic that you offer this world? Absolutely. So my name is Katie Calder. Um, I live in Chicago, Illinois currently, and I am a number of things, but among others, I'm a human design and intuitive guide. I'm a yoga teacher. I am a seeker. I am a content creator and a software professional, but I'm really just someone who's looking to understand herself better in the world and help others do the same. And so human design is probably the main tool that helped me do that. And what my goal for everyone for the work that I do is to help others live the most fully embodied expressed versions of their lives amazing I know that human design has really helped me to understand myself on a much deeper level and my clients as well so can you tell our audience a little bit about what human design is because it's almost like this whole world of its own and I mean you are really like a specialist in this area and there's so much that we can unravel and look look at when it comes to human design. So what is it? So human design is a system and it's a system that combines all of these ancient esoteric modalities. It combines uh, astrology, Eastern and Western astrology, the Kabbalah, Chinese I Ching, quantum physics, the Hindu chakras, biochemistry, so much more. All of these systems into this one modern system that gives you an energetic blueprint of your soul's contract in this life. And so I have always been obsessed with my chart and learning more about myself through astrology, through tarot, through all of these different modalities. And human design was the first thing that not only gave me such a mirror to who I was, but also gave me permission to live as me. Kind of freed me up from all of those constructs. And, and that's ultimately what I do with all of my clients because what human design does without all of that, it's very, very in depth. It's very complicated when you pull up your chart to begin with. It shows you who you are with zero conditioning in this world, absolutely perfect who you came to be. And then it shows you areas that might have taken you off that path in this life and then how to get back there. Amazing. So what type are you? I am manifesting generator. Amazing. So 
from what I know, and correct me if I'm wrong, manifesting generators came here to be powerful. They're like the powerhouse type. So manifesting generators are a hybrid of manifestors and generators. And so almost in how I introduce myself, manifesting generators are these multi-passionate, multi-talented people who are not supposed to take a linear path in life. They're supposed to kind of taste on everything that lights them up and dabble in it, but they're inherently very, very efficient. So uh, they don't usually stick with one thing for a very, very long time or uh, always have multiple things going on. But ultimately, they're here to be lit up by what they love and then leave whatever's not working so that they can reach their highest potential and fullest trajectory. But yeah, definitely powerhouse. You are right about that, though. Definitely powerhouses. And I, I hesitate to, because every single type, type really talks about how you use your energy and doesn't necessarily tell you who you are or your characteristics or that's so much of that is in the rest of the chart. But every single one of us can be a powerhouse, no matter what our type is, no matter what our design. It's just what's the route of getting there? What's What are the ways that we can shed the stories that aren't ours so that we can embrace our fullest power? Amazing. I love that. I'm a projector. So for anyone who's listening who's a projector, what can you tell us about who we are as a type? Yeah. Maybe we can go into some of the different intricacies of the other things that come into human design, like profiles and um, absolutely and that other stuff. So I love that you're a projector and I especially love that you are a mental projector because I always say if my goal is anything within human design is to free the projectors from a bunch of the stories that uh, that that I think there are around projectors because projectors are really here to manage, guide, and direct the energy of the other types. And you have this awareness that allows you to see life and systems and people unlike any other type. And it's all about recognizing what you inherently see and know so true to you, your vision, your perception of things that's so unique to you. And when you recognize that, when you recognize that wisdom, ultimately, that invites everyone else to ask you for your gifts, to allow you to share your gifts. But I think there's a lot of rhetoric with projectors sometimes and with talking about how uh, projectors are considered non-energy beings, projectors and reflectors. That's because you're not here to have consistent access to energy. And by that, I mean, you can you can be more energetic because you amplify everyone around you, but you're not supposed to consistently work for long, long periods of time. You're supposed to help guide others in how to work um, and kind of show others and, and lead through that. So that's a very, that's kind of like a very, very broad overview of what a projector is. But one of my purposes within human design is to kind of free up the narrative around projectors. I see the most diversity within projectors because there's so many different types and there's so many different ways that a projector chart can look almost more than any other type. So you are a mental projector, which is very different from a splenic projector, which is different from a self-projected projector, which is different from an emotional projector, which is different from an ego projector. There are all these different types of projectors. Amazing. So what are some of the other types? I know that the most common type are generators. So maybe we've got a lot mm-hmm. of generators listening. If you could really succinctly describe the different types, how would you describe each of them? So I always start with the manifestors because manifestors are about 8% of the population. 
And manifestors are the ones historically who have always been the kings and queens of societies. They've been the ones that have started the wars and kind of ruled ruled all of the ancient societies. And manifestors are the only ones that it's correct for them to initiate and just do things. And we've all been kind of conditioned that in order to be successful, we're supposed to force ourselves to do things and um, push and grind. And uh, it's really only correct for about that eight to 10% of the population. So I always think of manifestors as the visionaries. Um, and then from there, generators are here. They're the largest percentage because generators are here to have the phys physical capacity to work. And I, I like to restructure what work means because for generators, work should feel like play. Because generators are these juicy magnetic beings who when they are doing what they love playing, when they are having fun, when they are fully immersed in what they love, they actually create more energy for themselves and for everyone else. So what's very, very important for generators is uh, you work in response, meaning because you're a generator, you have this big, juicy, magnetic aura that's constantly attracting things and opportunities and places and people. And uh, it's very, very important to respond to the things that are correct for you and to not respond to the things that are incorrect for you. And we can talk a little bit about how you know for all the types after that. Um, and then MGs I touched on before, but MGs are these multi-passionate, multi-talented forces that are kind of backed with a generator's drive and a manifestor's ability to accomplish. And they're they're quite literally a hybrid of the two other types. And so they, they act a little bit like both, but their strategy and their way of operating the world is first through response, they respond, and then they initiate like the manifestors. And then we have projectors like you. Projectors are the guides of the tribe. They work best by waiting for the invitation. And that's that's what, what's considered the strategy. And um, for projectors, if you are alone doing something just for you, you don't have to wait for anything to happen. I always give this example of, let's say that, Amy, you're on a deserted island and there's a palm tree and there's a palm tree with a coconut on it and you want the coconut. Well, you don't have to wait for the palm tree to invite you to cut down the coconut. You can just do it. But if Johnny is on the island and you know that Johnny wants the coconut, that does not give you the right to just cut down the coconut and force feed Johnny. He probably wouldn't receive that very well. But if Johnny says, oh, Amy, I'm thirsty, you could say, oh, Johnny, would you like me to cut down the coconut for you? And he'll be like, that is the most brilliant idea ever. And you'll have no lack of invitations always. Because it's all about projectors. It's all about recognizing yourself, recognizing your gifts. And then the doors just open up. And then from there, it's figuring out how, how to make the correct decisions. And then our final type are reflectors. And reflectors are only about 1% of the population. Um, and reflectors are the mirrors of society. They're basically these human mirrors that uh, can be any and everything. And they're very, very connected to the moon and the lunar cycles. What's very, very important for reflectors is um, to notice the environments that they're in, to notice how kind of who, who they can become within certain environments and um, to be these, these people that really show us how society is doing. 
And what's interesting is within, within all those types, there's so many variations and you could be a projector and be a lot more like a manifesting generator or your manifesting generator friends. It, it doesn't really talk about personality. It doesn't talk about those gifts. It doesn't talk about what specific energy characteristics you have, but it talks about your overall aura and how your aura interacts with the other aura types. So if we just roll with the example of a projector, mm-hmm. if you're a projector and you are in a business like mine, for example, where your business is centered around helping people and showing people how to live a better life or to help them in some way, what is their best way to approach their clients and maybe their sales strategy in terms of waiting for that invitation? So the best thing for projectors to do, and this is how I see all very, very successful projectors, um, is being able to elicit those invitations kind of subconsciously. And the best way you can do this is through asking questions. Because when you ask questions like, would you like my feedback on that? Or would you like to hear my opinion? Rather than using your aura in a way that could potentially repel other people or that might not be received as well, you make them be the ones that elicit the invitation and create the invitation for you. So asking questions, asking questions to your audience, asking questions to potential clients um, is perfect. And then from there, what I would say is, you don't have to wait to be invited to share you or share what you love or share what you're doing. So if you're starting a business, if you're building a business just for you, do what lights you up because you recognize what you're so good at, because hopefully it's something that excites you that you're doing and something that's very aligned with you. Your recognition that you have knowledge about whatever subject it is, that you um, are an authority within that space, by you recognizing yourself, that's how, uh, basically how all the invitations and recognition comes in. Don't get caught up in the being like, I can't do anything until I'm invited. No, whatever you want to do for you, you absolutely can do. But when it has to do with like a partnership with someone else or, you know, having an idea to create a retreat with someone else, let's just use that example, asking a prompting question that could get a conversation going is the best ways to set yourself up for success. Yeah. And I totally resonate with that. And I can think back to when I started my business and I didn't know anything about human design. I feel like I was operating like a generator. I was like, I've got to Mm. hustle. I've got to reach out to 300 people a day. I need a sales strategy. I need to think about how I'm going to get this many clients. And it's interesting now because when people ask me about my business and they say, you know, what's your strategy every month for getting clients and getting people through the door? I say, well, you know what? I just share what I love on the podcast. I add value to people and I do things that come from my authentic voice and what I want to express. And as soon as I took my foot off the pedal and trying to push all the time, everybody just started showing up and things flowed for me and things were smooth. And so I really saw that influence of being a projector in my business when I really sort of came to understand what it meant to be a projector. And what a beautiful reflection of that. It's very, very interesting because you are a really specific type of projector. You're a mental projector. And it basically means that almost your entire chart, if you look at it, is white. And when anywhere that's white in your chart, those are areas that 
are inconsistent, that are very, very, very influenced by the environment. They're the areas that we can be the most wise, um, but they're also the areas that we uh, don't have consistent access to whatever the energy is there. So we can be most influenced and need the greatest boundaries from other people. But because of you being a mental projector, mental projectors are really, they're just as rare as reflectors. They're only about 1% of the population. And you are super, super, super influenced by your environment, also the moon cycles, and just super, super sensitive to all sorts of things. And so not pushing is even more important for you because you have this ability to kind of see the other and understand what's going on with them and be able to so have someone in front of you and know what the problem is and know how to solve it. But you're not necessarily supposed to do that for yourself. You're supposed to just show up fully as you and whatever environment that feels best flowing with what you love and when you're flowing with whatever the direction is that feels super, super aligned at the moment, that's when the universe shows up. So it's really, really cool that you you shared that and that you you share something that's really common for a lot of projectors in what we call the not self in human design, which is when we're not connected to our strategy, not in alignment with our energy type. And that is like embracing the hustle mentality or you know, trying to push like a generator, trying to work. And, and really as a projector, you're not necessarily supposed to quote unquote work. You're really supposed to flow towards what are the things that I see so clearly that I yeah. see in my unique way that can be of such value the world and then how can I share that just for myself first recognize myself and then everyone comes knocking on your door being like I want that I need that I need I need that to direct my energy to direct my life wow it's so interesting what you were saying as well about the parts of my chart which are white which is every single mm-hmm. thing except my upper two chakras yep. so the top of my head and my third eye I am so sensitive to people's energy. I think I sage myself like 10 times a day and I can feel everybody else's emotions in my face, especially. So I've even pinpointed Mm -hmm. it down to like when I feel something in my chin, I know that it's anger. When I feel it on my cheek, I know it's grief. And the rest of my body is open (laughs) and fluctuating, but Mm -hmm. those parts of my chart which are lit up, are in my face, my head, which is where I receive that guidance. And I really feel that energy come through. So I remember seeing my human design chart and just thinking, wow, this makes a lot of sense. Well, and the fact that you just said that Amy is huge, I don't think you even understand how huge it is that you are feeling that body awareness in your face. Because if, if anyone who's listening goes away with nothing else, nothing else from this episode, it's that in human design, the mind is never the authority. And the authority in human design is our decision maker. And we each have a unique decision maker. It's one of seven different things. Um, But the mind never makes decisions for us. And we've always been programmed from when we were very, very young that we need to rationalize and conceptualize and, you know, make sense of things and, and in order to come to the best decision. Really, all of us have a unique way of doing that. And what's really interesting in your chart is you are a mental projector, which means your your consistent access to energy is in your head and your mind. And you have this channel there, very busy. It's processing things. It's a super active mind. But the mind isn't supposed to have 
truth or create decisions for you. It's supposed to be very, very aware of the other. You create inspiration for other people. You're able to conceptualize and process and really understand what's happening with the other. And so the fact that you get those feelings and those sensations in your face or in your head shows so much your awareness, just like you just described, everywhere else in your chart is open or undefined. And what that means is like your heart, your identity, your root, your sacral, your solar plexus, your throat, your spleen, which which all house so, 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 so many different qualities and characteristics are very subject and very influenced by who you're around. And with that, it means you have the ability to amplify and really understand the full breadth of what it means in all of those different areas. But at the same time, you can amplify without proper boundaries. And with that, it means your emotions aren't necessarily consistent. And when you're alone, you can be easy breezy, beautiful, so clear, so fine. And you could walk into a coffee shop and suddenly the person next to you is anxious and you're even more anxious. And then this person over here is depressed and you're even more depressed because you're amplifying and this person's excited. You're even more excited. And it's like this whirlwind of emotion. And, and you have that in so many different areas, which when, when understanding how to use it, it's, oh, anywhere that's white in your chart is the greatest gift. But when we're younger, especially without knowing these things, uh, it can be challenging, right? It can be challenging to feel so sensitive and, and not to have control over it, but to know that it's ultimately a gift. And what I say to everyone with, with all of their open centers, especially, is to observe, not absorb. It's like my motto of life, observe, not absorb, because when you can observe what's happening in your outer reality and use it as wisdom instead of claiming it as your own, that's when, when your sh- true gifts shine and that's when everything kind of falls into place. So powerful. So you touched a little bit on strategies here. So for anyone who's a total newbie, the lowdown on this is that each type has a strategy. So what is the influence of the strategy and how can we use it to feel more confident or to leverage more success in our lives? If you know nothing about human design, if you know nothing else, well, one, you know, the mind is never the authority. But then you know your type, which is intricately connected to a strategy, which then the authority is the third component. And so type and strategy shows how to use your energy in order to be most beneficial to you, whether that's in business, whether that's in relationships, and it has to do with the other. So that example of the the coconut on the tree, the strategy for the projector, right, is waiting for the invitation and recognition from the other. And that comes through recognizing yourself. And so the influence of that is that when you use your strategy correctly versus trying to be like a manifester and initiate and inform or be like a generator and respond, when you use that strategy correctly and wait for the invitation, everything flows more seamlessly. Yeah. What's the difference between responding and waiting for the invitation? Response um, happens when you have a defined sacral. And the sacral center, if you pull up your chart, which this information is important to get your chart, you can go to any number of websites. My favorite is geneticmatrix.com. And what you need is your birth date, your birth time, and your birth location. And the time is very, very important because it 
it's much more finicky than astrology where um, you can have a general time. Things change, like things can change by a minute. So really having the exact birth time is important. But within that, there are going to be all these squares and triangles that you see. And those are the centers. Those are the energy centers. And if you have the second center from the bottom up colored in, it's usually red. That's the sacral center. Uh, and that is what makes you a generator or a manifesting generator. And so response happens in the gut when you have a defined sacral and it feels like either a rising or a falling of energy. And so uh, we often say that the response speaks in a couple different sounds. Uh-huh, if it's a yes. Uh-uh, if it's a no. And hmm, if there's no no idea, but what generators and manifesting generators will feel is maybe they'll be walking down the road and there'll be a sign that says start a business or there is an email from a friend that says come to the dinner party or there is a friend that texts them, let's go on a walk. So those are all things to respond to. And what's very, very important for any generator or manifesting generator is to tap into their gut first to see if, there's, if they're being pulled towards that experience or away from it. And then to use their authority, which for example, yours is mental, use their authority to make the ultimate decision for them. So it's kind of threefold. It's like knowing your type, knowing what your aura is, knowing your strategy and navigating the world. And then the authority is what makes the ultimate decision. But for invitation, so it, if an invitation has to do with the other as well, inviting you is usually has to do with like inviting you to share. And it can actually look very, very similar to responding, but it, it just works itself in a different way. So sometimes because of generators and manifesting generators auras, they, there's things to respond to all day, every day. And the most important thing for generators and manifesting generators is to respond correctly because even though these are energy beings, what happens is because both generators and manifesting generators have the ability to hold and have the ability to work. They often respond incorrectly for all these different things and then are, are kind of like slaves to society because uh, ultimately work should feel like play. It shouldn't necessarily be work and it should only be correct when it's tapped into your correct authority, not based on the shoulds. So with projectors, your aura doesn't necessarily draw in things to respond to every single second. But when you recognize you, since you are the guide for all of the types, for all the energy types, when you get asked to share your gifts, that's when you are invited to, you know, that's, that's the invitation. And from there, you use your unique uh, authority to make that decision for you. I don't want anyone to get too caught up on like, what does a response look like if I'm a generator? It's like, no, no, you don't even have to think about it. Things are showing up for you. It's like an email, how to respond to. And then for projectors, it's usually people, people coming in and asking for your advice, for your guidance. It's an invitation to do a partnership with someone or start a business with someone, or it can be, it can be uh, being invited to go to dinner and things like that as well. It can look the same but then your route of coming to the ultimate decision is a little bit different because it's not as connected to the gut. Gotcha. So if you have a defined sacral, 
and mm-hmm. you've got an opportunity to respond, it should feel like a juicy, good gut feeling like, mm-hmm, yeah, this is this yeah. feels good. Exactly. Because if you are a generator or a manifesting generator, you're only going to have two different authority types. You're either going to be have sacral authority, which is basically your gut is your source of truth, or you're going to have emotional authority, which means your gut responds, but then you have to ride out whatever your emotional wave is because you don't necessarily have truth in the now in order to come to your ultimate decision. But if you're a projector, you'll get an invitation and then the ways of knowing, they can be so many different ways. So the process can be a little bit slower for projectors, but it's not any less valuable. It's just understanding. It can be slower or it can be quicker depending on what type you are, but it's much less connected to the gut. It's not like that rising or falling of energy. Yeah, I feel that because I feel like I get a download of intuition in my head and I know Mm -hmm. really quickly if it's a yes or no for me. I just know. If you're a manifester or a projector, you can be splenic. And what that means is you'll get these pings that are almost like whispers that are like you're walking down the street and you're going to a restaurant and suddenly you'll get a ping that says, turn right. And it, it only speaks once and it speaks in the now. And then what happens with a lot of splenic people is their heads will try to override it and say, oh, but I was tr- I was supposed to go left and meet this person. And really, uh, they get these kind of flashes, these pings of intuition that just send them. And for you, it's really, really interesting how you talk about um, it being in the head because as a mental projector or reflectors, environment is everything. Um, so being in the right environments will ensure that basically correct decisions are made, but otherwise really riding out the cycles of the moon. And for mental projectors, having a couple people for those big, those major decisions to bounce off your idea with and not to ask for their advice, but just to bounce off the idea because you come to your own knowing with that. You don't need um, to necessarily like listen to the sound of your voice or uh, to ride out your emotional wave or to get a ping, but by you just bouncing something off with one or two people that you trust, you ultimately know and you come to your own conclusion. That's and so true. Yeah. <laughs> I hate being told life? what to do. I hate being told what to do, uh, even if it's the right advice. I just need to kind of say things and bounce things off. There's probably only like two people in my life who I yeah. do that with. And then I already know as I'm saying it, I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. Got yeah, it. you found it. So yeah, that's so, and it's just so important to have that one to two people. One of my best friends is an astrologer and she's a mental projector. And she has a couple of people that do not give advice, do not tell you what to do, but it's just the person that you ultimately bounce the decision off of it. And then your mind comes to the conclusion and you being able to give that information out into the world and to the other, you, it kind of bounces back and gives you the right answer without them saying anything though. It's kind of hard to conceptualize, but it's really, really cool. And I always am in awe when I'm in the presence of a mental projector or reflector because when you are aligned, your process is so cool. It's so seamless and it's so, you can't explain it. Wow. Yeah. So switching gears for a moment with reflectors, I've got a couple of clients who are reflectors and I always know when I'm going to get a meltdown, 
or a text message <laughs> because of what's going on with the moon. So like the cancer is, moon, Pisces moon. <laughs> I've got a lot of cancer clients and yeah. Um, yeah, they get really, really affected by the moon. So uh, what is the influence of the moon on all the types, but specifically reflectors? So we're all deeply connected to the cycles of the moon. And I would recommend for anyone, if you don't already, to just kind of track track moon cycles, track how you feel during new moons, how you feel during full moons, if you have more energy. But the thing about reflectors is because if you look at their chart, every single center is white. They are such lunar beings. Their decision-making is so tied by the cycles of the moon. And so it's very, very important for them to give themselves like 28 days for any major decisions. It doesn't have to be, you know, what do I want for dinner? Obviously, you can't wait 28 days. But the thing with reflectors is because they are such mirrors, if they are around, let's say, a group of bankers, like randomly they're at a dinner party with a bunch of bankers, and they so see themselves and they're such mirrors of all the bankers who love their jobs, and all of a sudden they, the reflector wants to quit their job and become a banker. Because they found their passion. That's what they want to be, a banker. And it makes total sense all of a sudden. Well, that isn't necessarily the time to quit your day job or quit what you're doing and run off and be a banker. It's really, really important to start tapping in throughout 28 days and be like, ah, is this, is this, still, is this still stick? Is this still something I want to do with? Because they have such... Um, so, for example, that day could have been a Capricorn moon, which, you know, is very, very uh, great with foundation, very entrepreneurial, um, really like a hard worker and, and really good in the material world. So that would make the reflector feel like this is totally right. But then later, within the next you know, day and a half to two, three days max, the moon will move into Aquarius. So all of a sudden, um, the reflector might feel much more humanitarian and much more airy and kind of nonconformist. And then the moon moves into Pisces and the reflector might feel deeply emotional and really sensitive and super intuitive and, and want to go off a totally different path. And so for all reflectors, um, very, very important to just just notice notice how your moods are. Notice, notice what you're being pulled towards. Notice how your decisions are looking depending on where the moon is uh, and then start to just slow down on those major life changes because if this brilliant ultimate wisdom potential that can allow us all to see ourselves but you aren't really here to need to know who you are so just have fun with it surround yourself with people that ultimately make you feel good and light and um, allow to explore all the diverse possibilities of who you are but then really, really pay attention to, okay, I guess during Sagittarius moons, I always want to, you know, get off the couch and travel the world and book a flight. Well, that wouldn't be the best time to, you know, wait 28 days if, if you want to leave your, leave your home and book a flight and, you know, leave forever because Sagittarius, as we know, loves to travel, loves overseas travel. So potentially every time it's a Sagittarius moon, a reflector wants to leave, leave, you know, jump ship and travel the world, which is fine, but just continue to check in and continue to notice the cycles and the patterns. And you'll find so much wisdom and you'll find so much connection with your inner knowing and being. Amazing. And I guess it is probably 
incredible when it comes to manifesting with the moon as well if you're a reflector because you have that potent connection and it's just I guess about grounding yourself in those different waves so that you can really use and utilize that power of the moon to manifest what you want yeah and and it's still it's it's every single type can use that I, I think understanding the moon cycle lunar cycles in general is so helpful for us all but because reflectors don't technically have any inner authority really 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 tapping in even more is is so important because you don't have this emotional wave to tap into or this um sacral response to tap into or these splenic pings you really are just environmentally it's very very important and the same for mental projectors too the mental mental projectors like you are very very tapped into cycles of the moon as well um you have a little bit more definition in the chart but still really understanding where you're where your mind's at, where your heart's at throughout all of those cycles is, is crucial. I always like to say with any of this, you don't have to believe in human design. You don't have to ascribe to any of this. It's just something that has completely transformed my life, has transformed you know, hundreds of clients' lives and given permission to not have to live the script that someone handed to you, but instead live the life in the way that probably feels really correct for you probably ultimately feels right and uplifting and juicy I love that because I think a lot of women and definitely women in the audience of this show struggle with comparison a lot of that is obviously Mm. conditioning where we look at people who we think are you know killing it um, they're doing a lot of cool stuff they're generating results they're super successful and maybe you're a projector or a reflector and so your energy is fluctuating and you feel like you're not always large and in charge. So I think I know for me it felt very empowering to know that I didn't always have to be switched on and I could delegate and I could diversify and roll with the tides of how I was feeling. Mm -hmm. It gives you permission to not have to abide by any scripts and even for if you're a generator or a manifesting generator because I think part of the rhetoric around that as well as like, oh, these, they have so much energy and they have, you know, so much capacity to do. But remember, it's like your energy is supposed to be used towards what you love. If you're a generator, a manifesting generator. And if you're a manifesting generator, um, that switches even more quickly. And the world is told MGs that they're, you know, you have to be, you have to stay with something and, you know, be consistent in order to be successful. And so I see the most autoimmune issues with manifesting generators. And I see tons and tons of generators and manifesting generators who have no energy at all because they've responded to all the wrong things because they're holding all of these shoulds. And instead of using their energy in ways that creates more energy for themselves and everyone else, they're using it in ways that are incorrect. So ultimately they feel like they have no energy at all. So if you're a generator, a manifesting generator, and you you were listening and kind of feel like, wait, I don't, I don't relate to this at all. I don't feel like I have energy at all. I would look really look at your life and look at the things that you're holding on that maybe you feel like you should or were stories that you've been told. And then notice when you're aligning with what's really, really lights you up and notice how differently and how quickly your energy shifts in that way. All that human design does for all of us is shows us that we don't have to live life in a way that's anyone else's but our own. And that's all I ever want 
I don't want you to live like me. I don't want you to have the same ideas about the world as I do. I don't want you to live your day like I do, because ultimately what works for you is very, very different from me. I don't want you to eat the same way I do. I don't want you to um, have a routine or structure your day. And that's all the chart tells you all of those things. It truly, it's endless, tells the environment, tells whether you're a team person or not, tells whether you're better at manifesting specifically or not, um, tells what senses are most dominant for you, all of these different ways. And the beautiful thing is like, we're all looking for truth and truth can be, you know, it shows up in different ways for all of us, but it's ultimately it's all love. It's all source. It's all universe, God, whatever, whatever you connect with divinity and that's within us. And so our routes of getting there might be different, but we're all connecting to the same thing. And so literally my one thing, like my one mission with human design and with whatever else, whatever other work I do is to help you live the most embodied, empowered, expressed version of your life on your own terms, by your own rules, so that you feel free to just be you. You can take a breath of relief. You can exhale. You can just fully live and fully feel like, oh, wait, it's okay to be me. It's okay to not live like this person. I'm on the right path. And I've probably always known this. And I've probably always known that this is how I operate. But now I'm, per- I, I'm given permission to step into that even more. It's incredible, really. It's so deep and profound. It just fascinates me. So something mm-hmm. that really does fascinate me, but is very, very complex. So I definitely want to ask you about it is mm-hmm. profiles. So I know when I first looked at my human design, I looked up what a projector was. I looked up the inner authority. I could kind of find a lot of that information online. But there was a section that said profile and my profile was three slash five. And I was like, mm-hmm. I don't know what these numbers mean. Um, I, went and, I went and had a reading. So now I understand. But what, a, what does the profile add in terms of the layer of human design? And um, maybe we can use mine as an example, a three slash five, which is a martyr and a heretic because they have mm-hmm. like identity or names or labels, um, yeah. I guess. So the profile, there are six lines in human design, and those lines are line one through line six. And so you will have a profile that's any combination of those six lines. You might be, there's 12 total. You might be a one, three, you might be a three, six, you might be a three, five like you, you might be a four, one, you might be a six, two like me, Um, but you're going to have a combination of those two lines. And your profile is really like the archetype of who you are. It's the most like your sun sign in astrology. And it kind of tells you what your soul came in um, to be like, kind of, kind of more of who you are as a person. And so every single line, depending on the combination, means something different. But the three line which is your conscious line, whatever the line is that comes first, that's the conscious line, that's the line that is based on the first um, breath you took in this world, it's what you're aware of. And then the second line, for you it's five, that's the unconscious line, that's more karmic, it's more familial, it's um, something that others see in you that you don't always necessarily see in yourself. But what's really cool, the three line is 
all about experiences. It's all about someone who learns through experiences. It gleans wisdom through getting all of these experiences. And the five line is like the ultimate teacher in society. It's sometimes the fives, um, people project what they want to see in the five line. But what's really, really cool about the three fives is like you, uh, if one incredible sense of humor, but you live this, um, sometimes it's a very, very intense life that's ultimately reaching to new heights at all times. And you you experience all of these different things in life and you really, really under, you have kind of a really good sense of humor about it because of that. Um, within partnership in three fives, someone that really gets your depth is really, really important. And someone that can meet you as you continue to travel and reach towards new heights and new aspirations because the three fives, because you have the five line, uh, sometimes the five line, which is such an amazing teacher, which is really here to lead and guide, which other people so see in you, um, it also can be somewhat of an actor sometimes. And by that, I mean, it's like you could you could easily kind of have a facade in some ways and, and things can be fine and have a huge sense of humor about things, but really want someone to meet you at an even deeper level. That so, is so me. That is so me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so it's me. like you need someone to meet you at that depth. You need someone that is um, there. Sometimes three fives have like a restlessness to go to move on to the next thing to reach reach greater heights. And so someone yeah. that can keep up with you. I have a disproportionate amount of six twos and three fives in my life because I, I always hesitate to say this, but technically there are better matches for different profiles and three fives and six twos are the ultimate match. Like three fives do really, really well with three fives. They do really, really well with six twos. And then um, I think they also do well like six threes. They do well with three sixes. Ultimately you can, you can be with every other type. You can be with every other profile. It's just easier relations may come with these profiles. So, so it's crazy because the closest people in my life are almost always three fives and six twos. Uh, but yeah, you're here. They say it's so, so funny with three fives because I think I read somewhere at one point that you're the most likely to put your hand in a life, uh, light socket just to see what happens. It's like these experiences yeah. really yeah. give you such depth. It's allowing yourself to have the experiences and probably, you know, have having been been through a lot, right? And really understand it to then be able to teach and lead and guide through it because you really do have the wisdom. So that's a little bit about the three five profile, but every profile just adds another dimension and a, an additional amount of depth to who you are. And then throughout throughout your chart, you have most likely every single line. And so you might be a three five, but you might have a ton of six lines, which is the role model line. And so then looking at which gates, which planets have a six line on them, those are the areas in your life that that line will, will show up even more. Or maybe you have um, a lot of two lines and the two line is, uh, it's kind of like the natural, it's the person that just, you know, has wisdom, but the wisdom needs to be pulled out of them. It's called the hermit sometimes. And so notice where you have a lot of two lines in your chart. And those two lines might be those areas that others need to pull those out of you. Or if you have a lot of four lines, four lines are all about community. 
They're all about um, excelling through, through having a, a community that really supports and uplifts and allows you to share your gifts. So noticing which areas in your chart might really need community. And I could go on, but um, the profile is such a cool dimension. And then what you can do, how you can dive even further into the lines is just, again, endless. It's such an in-depth system. And I'm so glad you asked about profile though, because uh, even when you asked me in the beginning what type I am, I was like about to say, well, I'm a 6'2 emotional manifesting generator because those are all just as important elements as being a manifesting generator. Yeah, it's super interesting and it's really cool to hear you explain it. I went to an event recently and I took one of my friends, Mel Wells, and she had her profile done and part of her profile, I can't remember if it was her first number or her second number, but it was the hermit and she was kind of struggling to understand it because the way that that sounds, the hermit, it sounds like, I don't know, all those connotations that you have with that word around like being a recluse, etc. And she's mm-hmm. actually not like that. She's a traveler and very nomadic yeah. and very like out there. She's written books and things. So um, what is what is that real essence of the hermit if somebody has that in their profile and they think, oh, well, like that's not me. That's why I, I hesitate to say, you know, investigator, martyr or hermit or role model hermit like I don't always love using I don't like using the traditional terminology I think it's a little bit archaic and outdated because um, having a hermit line I have a hermit line and I'm a six two so my hermit is the unconscious line but it's a line where it's like this wisdom is just within you already you already have all this wisdom and all this stuff to share but it needs to be pulled out of you so it's not something that you're just going to sometimes it'll be in the right environment, the right people um, will pull it out of you and, and you'll be able to share this knowledge that's beyond what you even thought that you knew. So it's a really, really cool, it's a really cool line, but it doesn't mean that you're a recluse or there's a lot of areas in the chart. I mean, you have gate 40. So 40 is one of three gates of aloneness and 40, gate 40, a gate of aloneness just because uninterrupted time alone is really, really important for you to have so that you can continue to go out into the world and share your gifts. Because ultimately, gate 40, which is one of the areas that we see um, being alone, is needed because you need to separate yourself from the tribe in order to get involved and like continue to deliver. They, they often call this the gate of deliverance because you always you always have the capacity to deliver the goods, but you need to recharge after you deliver all the goods and then come back to yourself and then you'll be pulled out into the community again and, and deliver. And so I don't ever like to say that um, I, d- depending on your type or your profile or anything, that doesn't make you more likely to be introverted or extroverted or whatever. Like, I don't, I don't believe that that's involved. It's more like, are you using your energy correct for you? Are you giving yourself the space you need in the areas that are open or are you allowing the process of sharing your truth or being excited by something or whatever are you doing that align for you or are you subscribing to what you've been conditioned by the whole life which is where I think where where things get a little heady so I'm sorry if that if she was like no wait that's not me because ultimately all of the lines have such amazing gifts and the thing about the two line is the things that you might share and the things that are 
able to be pulled out of you. You might have not even remembered or recalled or known that you had, but it's when you allow it, when you give yourself some time and then allow it to be pulled out, that everything happens. And I do want to say one thing. I think this is very, very important for human design chart, any chart, any chart reading that you get. Remember that everything is a potential. So all of your chart, whether it's a human design chart, whether it's an astrology chart, is a potential. And the example I love to give is my, my friend who's actually also a 3-5 mental projector. She has twins. Her twins are born a minute apart. They have almost identical charts. She always refers to her Pisces son and her Scorpio daughter because her daughter uses all of the Scorpio aspects of her chart which also correspond to gates and things in human design. And our son uses all of his Pisces. He's very much in the Pisces. So it's like you have all of these high aspects and low aspects of your chart, high aspects and low aspects of um, your gates. You have this conditioning that could have happened, that could not have happened. And so you could have an identical chart to someone else. So you have these identical potentials for the highest aspect of that chart, but you also have identical potentials for the lowest. And then you probably pick and choose throughout life, depending on what shows up, kind of nature versus nurture, right? We have our nature and then our environment nurtures us to see what shows up. And so knowing that, oh, wait, I have this, you know, I have these really strong leadership channels or sometimes I have people, I tell them things in their chart and they've been so pushed away from that that they can't even believe it. And then months down the line, they, they email me or they have another session or something and they say, you know, I didn't, I really didn't believe you when you were telling me how much of a leader I was, but then I just, I kept thinking about it and I re-listened to our session and I realized how deeply, how deep my conditioning was against that and that I really am deep down. I really am. And give them permission to step into that role, give them permission to step into the ways that they might've not always been nurtured toward, but inherently have really, really strongly. So she doesn't have to be a hermit if, if that's, uh, that's what she was told I think she might have actually been a six two if I remember correctly and we're yeah. really similar in a lot of ways um but also different mm. um we really yeah. get along but um interesting you mentioned there about conditioning I really wanted to ask you about this yeah how does the conditioning that we're subjected to as children and throughout our lives how does that influence our confidence and expressing at our highest level through the, I guess, lens of our human design? I mean, the possibilities are endless, but deconditioning is the best process that we could possibly have. And my hope for the world is that we have conscious parents and conscious um, people who are conscious of the, the designs of their children, especially so that children are parented according to what's actually the best way for them to be parented versus being shamed for things that might be part of them and might just be needing to be nurtured a little bit differently. But our conditioning has so much to do with everything. Um, the beliefs that we have about ourselves, about the world, about success, about uh, you know how to live life, about, I mean, for example, part of your chart, like you have an open heart center, sometimes it's also called the ego or the will. You didn't come into this life with anything to prove, nothing to prove. Didn't come in needing to be uh, driven by egoic wants or needs or material things. But the thing is, because that's open, anywhere that's open can amplify the world around it so it can make it even louder. 
you could feel the need to prove yourself even more. And, and you could dedicate your life to having to do that and having to find your worth through proving yourself. When really, you came to this life with a soul's contract that you, you have nothing to prove to anyone. But you so can see the desires of other people. You so can guide them towards getting what they want. And from that, you free yourself from, from needing to prove yourself of anything. And that's just one one way, again, of it showing up. But it can show up in so many different forms, ways, abilities. And everyone has areas that they're most vulnerable to the conditioning of the world. I'll give a personal anecdote. One of mine has been with other people's health. You have this actually as well. With having an undefined or open spleen, you have the ability to quite literally be a medical medium to diagnose what's going on in someone else's body. But you also have the ability to pick up what's going on in the other person's body or within your own. So if you're surrounding yourself with people who are talking about this health issue all the time, or looking at a ton of social media that's talking about um, this health issue, that can manifest in your body. So having really, really strong boundaries around other people's health so that you can know that your body is designed to be deeply intuitive, but it also can be susceptible. So, you know, if you have open spleen, you could have kind of health issues. If it's not correctly used, if you're a generator, a manifesting generator that's not using your power correctly, you could have a lot of gut issues. Or in contrast, if you're a manifester, um, projector, reflector, and that you're you're trying to force sacral energy, force work, that's where your gut issues are going to come from. So we we all can experience the same things. It's just the routes in which we get there, right? Similar to what I was saying about the routes that we reach truth, that we reach we reach source, that we reach whatever's whatever is love to us. Those things, those not self themes, those potential things that bring us away from ourselves, that, that dis-ease, that can show up in all of us. But there are things that are more likely to show up there and there are reasons that the chart shows me why that might show up to you. So um, health, health is something that's really, really close to my heart because it's an area that I can be the most wise. It's an area that ultimately... So I am into wellness because it was one of the things that I was here to learn and have boundaries around, but it's what I can so see in someone else. Identity is another thing of that. Inspiration is another one of those for me. And we all have those unique gifts and it's just, how do they show up for us? And then um, how do we decondition from those things that might, might feel like they're ours, but really aren't? So fascinating. So for anyone who's listening, who identifies as an empath or a light worker or a healer and they are working with vulnerable people and they're sensitive mm. to those people because naturally I guess many of us who have that propensity are drawn towards that type of work how do we protect yeah. ourselves like I'll give you an example I can put mm-hmm. my hand on someone's head when they have a headache and take the headache from their head but I then take it on in my head so Um, if you are coming into contact with people and you have these gifts and you have this sensitivity, what are the ways that we can protect ourselves while still immersing ourselves in this work? Observe, don't absorb. But part of that is knowing where are you particularly sensitive? Touch can be a major one for you, right? Touch or just being aware, what is this person potentially going to bring in? And then there are lots of different grounding and practices that you can use. I always like to tell people there's nothing you have to do, right? You can you can have a lot of selenite, you can sage, you can do 
connect to the practice that feels right. But I think the intentionality of being there to be a mirror, to be a guide, to help transmute what it is, to be a healer, but to not actually take it on because what can happen with all of us are empathic. All of us are empathic. We're just empathic in different ways. So understanding where are we susceptible? Where are the abilities that we're so empathic and that we can so help and heal, but also where are the areas that we need to be extra, extra, extra careful with ourselves, have extra boundaries. So it's in knowing, okay, if I'm going to take this away, one, is that worth it? If knowing, you know, maybe my boundaries aren't as strong today, is it worth it to touch and potentially get that headache? Because ultimately, like, we can't help anyone unless we're clear within ourselves and if we're um, honoring, honoring our needs. So just, just being very aware how, how certain people, especially for you, you are so, so, so open, which means, like, you can be the most wise person of all, but you're also very, very sensitive to emotions, to health, to um, other people's identities, to what other people are driven by, to... Uh, the, the way other people communicate or manifest, like you can taste all of those different ways and they could become your own if you let them, but you're ultimately just supposed to kind of be guided and taste what feels right to you, what's aligned to you, and then let go of what's not yours to hold, what yours is to witness, but not to hold. So I think intentionality is everything, having the intention that, you know, I'm here to be a conduit of light. I'm here to be a vehicle to allow this to transmute, but to not hold it in my own being. It's supposed to be in and out throughout this time that I'm with this person, but it's not going to linger. And then notice the scenarios where potentially things do linger and then um, notice areas where maybe you subconsciously opened up to what you didn't want to. It's a constant learning process and knowing that you're a three, five and just looking at the rest of your chart uh, you learn and your way of like leading and healing and guiding ultimately is through these experiences, ultimately knowing that, oh, that situation is, is not, maybe not correct for me, but I learned so much in the process. And that, that experience was a little bit intense, but, but look what I learned and look how I can lead and teach through that. It's such a gift. And it's just kind of switching our perspective to be that. I feel like you've been staring into my soul today. Oh, <laughs> <Aww. laughs> Oh, I'm so glad. It's amazing. It's amazing, honestly. So for anyone who's looking to find deeper meaning in their life or to make sense of their experience, where do they start? Can they come have readings with you? What are the different things that you offer? So since I'm an MG, it's continuing to expand and to shift. But the first thing I would say is definitely get a reading with a practitioner that you trust, whether me or someone else um, on my Instagrams right now at human design lady and at Katie Calder underscore. And in my bio, I have links to all of my inquiries, my offerings. Um, I also do one-on-one mentorship where that's kind of the deepest way that you can work with me right now. It's much more in depth and it combines not only human design, but kind of everything everything that's in my toolkit in order for you to really step into whatever your goals are. And that's totally unique and totally individualized based on what will work for you. So I'm not never going to treat, I'm never going to treat two clients the same, two mentees the same because um, our energy is unique and the way that the process works needs to be unique based on that. But yeah, I would say um, if you're called book a session, it's always happens in the perfect time. 
if you are, and I never want there to be, I never want you to feel pressure to. It's like, if you're called, you'll find me at the perfect time. We'll meet um, and we'll go from there. And I wanted to tell you one final thing about you. Oh yeah. Because I, I forgot to tell you this and that, so I don't know if you knew this or before, but we, we all have a gate in our chart, which is one of those, if you, if you download your chart, it's one of those lines that's kind of within, within the chart. And for you, it's gate 33. And 33 is one of two storytelling gates in the throat. And it's a storyteller based on your experience. And it's funny because the line on gate 33 for you is three. So it's like your stories comes from experiences that the universe makes you, makes you sample. And they come in thick and fast. And uh, what happens is you'll mull over those experiences and then you'll present your conclusion. And so you have so many experiences from, from all of your chart, from your life. And you've probably had some that are like, why, why, you know, when does it end? There's so much going on, but you're such a leader and storyteller through that. And that's ultimately how you guide everyone because you've actually had the experiences. You actually, you lead from example and you speak from example. So, so thank you for sharing that. Thank you for being aligned and, you know, doing the work that you do and, and sharing in the way you do, because you're, whether you knew that or not, you're already living and speaking and embodying your potential. It's just now shedding, shedding all the layers that aren't yours. And so you can only amplify that even more. So interesting that you said that. I see the number 33 everywhere. Yeah. And all of my uh, healing and whenever I do my breath work and my trauma release always comes back down to the throat chakra. And so like for me, launching this podcast was a really big step in my healing just kind of by Mm. default because it was like literally me using my voice sharing my voice showing up and being seen and telling stories so oh uh yeah it's magic that you just told me that so thank you uh you're what what thank you thank you for being so aligned and creating the space and sharing your stories and sharing other stories that come in your presence because it's you're sharing your gifts with the world and that's ultimately why being the mental projector that you are all the invitations are going to come and it's just knowing you know bouncing it off other people so that you can find your own decisions and really um tapping into your power and just knowing that how supported you are and how intuitively guided you are so thank you thank you thank you thank you for for all the work that you do amazing thank you katie and one last thing before i love you and leave you mercury retrograde coming up so do the different types need to be conscious of different things during a mercury retrograde or is it kind of like the same thing for everybody Mm -hmm. so i specifically made sure that today was not during mercury retrograde but also not during a void course moon which is when uh if you type in void course moon in the internet you'll you'll see where when they are and those are never times to start things either but mercury retrograde um really not a great time to do big contracts to uh, suddenly, you know, if you are traveling, it's fine, but to like decide you're going to travel right then and there and then do it. um, it, It's, it's just really not a good time to initiate things. And I I think I'll have a little quick story about this. It's very, very quick. 
but I have friends who um, do a lot of data and analytics and they pulled up 10,000 organizations and businesses that founded three different years. Every single one of those 10,000 businesses that founded during a Mercury retrograde during, I think it was like 1972, 1994, and 2011, every single one filed bankruptcy within the first year. So, and this is just data. It was crazy, 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 crazy. So, and that's not to scare anyone, but I would say if you can try not to do major contracts, try not to launch major things during Mercury retrograde, but ultimately I love Mercury retrograde. Things get a lot quieter. We really have an amazing ability to plan and to iron out things that we're already doing to create, to organize. Um, And so that right when we come out, we have, it's go time. So uh, allow yourself to go, you know, go anywhere a little bit and and figure out is what you're doing aligned, Um, align with your type, your strategy, your authority, check in with all those things and enjoy times when there's a little bit less momentum, at least in the communication ways. And then also just notice if your technology goes crazy. I know my, we're in shadow period. Mine's already starting to go a little wacko. If communications often can be disrupted since Mercury is the planet of communication. So just notice those things, laugh it off. Um, it's, it's ultimately not huge, but I would say my only major thing would be don't start anything like major, 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 major during Mercury retrograde, if you can. Sometimes we can't, we can't change it and that's fine. But yeah. Amazing. It has been so beautiful speaking with you and just soaking up all your wisdom. I felt like this has just been so therapeutic for me. So thank you so much for coming and sharing everything that you've shared with us and all of your divine wisdom. It's just been so helpful and so amazing, Katie. Ah, well, thank you so much, Amy. This was such a pleasure as well. So blessed and very honored and excited for everyone to hear this. So thank you for having me. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope this episode ignited you, expanded you and enriched your heart, your mind, your life in some way. If it did, reach out on Instagram. My handle is this is Amy Rushworth, or you can head over to my website for all my courses, retreats, and magical offerings at amyrushworth.com. If the show feels like a vibe for you, make sure you subscribe. And if you have 60 seconds to rate and review, or even to just share the show with a friend, I would be so, so, so grateful. And it helps more amazing, beautiful people like you to discover this show and to improve their lives for the better. Stay tuned for the next episode. And until then, I'm sending you strength, grace, ferocious courage, and a friendly reminder to always love yourself fiercely and to go out there and live your most unapologetic life.